Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and welcome to another edition of PZ85 Plays. For the first time in a long time, I am your Game Master Double H, and tonight we begin our annual spooky season Halloween game. Uh, a little something different this year. Before we get into it, let's introduce the cast who will be playing Candela Obscura this October here on PZ85 Plays, starting uh, with the owner of Podzilla1985, the creator, Mr. Shannon Young. Eight sound down. We've also got Lindsay Wolfgong. I will do my best to not cough into the mic this week. We've got the man himself, Tanner Calvert. All right. We've got <laughs> returning to plays for the first time since he had a potted plant on his head, Stephen Bright. I will kill everyone in this room for a drop of sweet beer. <laughs> I said that, but I guess to be fair, he was also on our recent live edition of plays at Comic Con just a couple of days um, ago. That's yeah. right. Big that's shout, right. big shout out to uh, Cape Events and Comically Inclined for really rolling out the red carpet for us. There, we're all very appreciative. Yes, yeah, it couldn't was have a been good time. Couldn't have been happier with the experience. A good time was had by all. Uh, the video is up at, at podzell1985.com, or the audio is, I should say. The video is in my Google Drive. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and I, before we move on from the cast, uh, introducing for the first time ever, we're now how many years into PZ85 plays? This is three and a half years since 2020. Uh, for the first time ever, Ethan Craig Miles is joining us for an episode of PZ85 plays. I'm very excited to join, and I'm ready to get silly. For the record, I was against it from the beginning. I pushed for anyone other than him. But this this is the the role I got. Here we go. Yeah. So uh, it's a big cast for plays, and again, we're still not entirely sure who's going to be available on on every given week. Um, but if you take a look at the calendar for October, uh, we have a grand total of five Tuesdays if you count Halloween Day itself. Now, I'm going to tell you in advance, we're not recording on Halloween night. However, that doesn't necessarily mean that you won't get an episode uh, on Halloween. Um, but we have, uh, admittedly, surprisingly, a little longer than I thought that we were going to have in October until I, I look closely at our dates here. So. What that means is tonight, because we are playing a brand new game, because we are playing a game uh, that is not just new to us, but very much new to the world, so probably new to the listeners, um, we thought we would do sort of a, a half measure, um, not a complete session zero, which we have done occasionally for these kinds of shows. Uh, our players here have been working on some character ideas, and so they're, they're not starting from scratch here tonight on the recording. Um, but it is also not necessarily episode one or session one uh, for the game that we're playing because we're not going to jump right into it. There are still some some decisions to be made. So call it a session 0.5 is what we're doing here tonight. Um, again, the game that we're playing for October this year is we take a brief break from Curse of Strahd. Cody Sandusky will be back in November uh, to get back to D&D with us there. Um, is called Candela Obscura. So if you are familiar with Critical Role, and most everybody in the, the world of tabletop is to some degree, uh, Candela Obscura is a game produced by their publishing arm called Darrington Press. Uh, it is not out completely yet. The full <clears throat> rules guide and, and all the, the settings and everything will not be out until what they're still describing is late 2023. So we're very hopeful that that's still going to be the case because you know what it means in video games when they say it's late 2023 and it's October, you will get it next March. Uh, <laughs> but uh, in any case, 
They've been playing the game on their, their YouTube channel and their Twitch channel since back in May. They have a playtest edition that they've been running through. Uh, it's a world of gothic horror, of mystery, of investigations, and I thought it would be a lot of fun to do a one-shot of it for Halloween. It just so happens that not only is their quick start guide, which is basically their beta for the game, completely free, uh, but it comes with a, a pre-built adventure setup that we're going to be playing, and we'll talk more about that in just a little bit. So... <clears throat> quickly while I try desperately to clear my throat is there anything that you guys want to uh, get into before we talk about the world in which this game takes place and then eventually get into your characters too I personally do not like Matt Mercer aww okay I have no reason for that I think it's because he's handsome and successful it's because you're uh... jealous because he voiced because <laughs> he voiced too. <laughs> Leonardo. He also voiced uh, McCree until the leftist Hollywood elites took that away from him. <laughs> He's still voicing Cassidy, isn't he? They just changed the name. I said what yeah. meant. <laughs> oh my god! Oh god, Hunter froze. Oh no! Oh. All right, we have no. to we have to stall momentarily. Um, oh. uh, Steven, so I've I've I heard there's yeah. there's some uh, illegitimate children that's been uh, attached to you lately. What? Marriage what? is like a coffin, and each kid is another nail. Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh my God! Save it for the game, guys. Okay. Wow. Let's let Stephen go. Let Stephen just go ahead. Rant, riff, wrist. Just go for it. I I need to know about this illegitimate child. Who is he? What does he want? I didn't say. It was Why a, is it a he? I didn't say it was a he. Exactly. I'm just assuming. I, being an I ass. missed an awful lot of that. I don't know if it was my internet or what, but everybody froze up. What just happened? You, you froze. You were frozen, you and froze. we have been stalling. We stalled. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be Podzilla. Okay. Well, that was weird. Without us, uh, bullshit. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the hell that was. That was bizarre. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, yes. Matt Mercer was was also Ganondorf in in Tears of the Kingdom, right? Oh, I did not play Tears of the Kingdom. I don't know. I just, I, I just, I didn't, it didn't, I didn't either. Me. But I'm pretty sure I didn't. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Um, <laughs> for what for what it's worth. So I I have never sat down and watched any Critical Role or anything like that. But Same. when this game came up, I was interested in it, and I started listening to their their podcast. Um, and I I get why people don't like him for a couple of different reasons. One because he is successful and very good at all of this stuff. I I'm not gonna lie to you. There have been times that I've been listening. I'm so fucking jealous because he's so good at switching from voice to voice oh, and coming yeah, no, up with stuff on the flawless. fly. Just, I think boom. I'm good. Yeah, I think I'm good. He is on a totally different level. Um, uh, I know I'm. But not at the same good. time, I also I'm a trash man. <laughs> I also get why why. He can he can be sort of off putting in that sort of just oh. I he knows he's good too. For the right. record, for the record, um, I, I was kidding. I don't I don't dislike Matt Mercer. I have nothing against the dude. No, I, I get it. I get why people do. Yeah, I mean, I get why people are mad at Taylor Swift. I was. It ain't her fault. <laughs> Anywho, so in any case, though, um, listening to that game has been a lot of fun. I know some of you guys have gotten to listen to some of their episodes and getting an idea of uh, sort of how the, the game works. It is built on an existing system uh, called Illuminated Worlds, which is a very cool D6 system that I'm, I'm excited to try out and actually be able to use here at the table. Um, but before we get into specific game mechanics and all that, 
Uh, do you guys want to talk about the world, or do you want to talk about your characters first? I would like to talk about the world. I think you should set the stage. I think the, we, the yeah, setting the stage yep. makes more sense yes. to me as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I'm going to try desperately not to read this verbatim because I don't know that we need to know every single thing from here. But if you're if you're looking in the quick start guide, and again, folks, you can get this for free uh, on the the Critical Role Candela Obscura website. Um, it is on page 10 of the quick start guide. This is literally just about the setting and to tell you a little bit about uh, how, how the game works and and where it takes place and all that. So um, for what it's worth, this is not our world. It is very similar to our world sometime around the turn of the century uh, in the early 1900s. So 1909 is a common referenced year, Um, but it's not our, our, our world specifically. So there's not direct references to the things that happened to our, in our past. Um, it begins in the northern country of Hale lies the fertile valley known as the Fairlands for over a decade the world has grappled with the effects of a fierce cold snap known as the Shiver while many countries face shorter growing seasons and food shortages the relatively temperate valley of the Fairlands provides for Halen citizens unfortunately for the people of this region and uh, the land along with its resources are all highly sought after so when they're not defending their borders from invasion they're catching their breath from the next attack um, across what's called the Glassed Sea and over across uh, the Vast Chasm, another expanse of water, uh, lies the country that the New Farrens have come to refer to as Otherware. Relations were peaceful for decades there, but in 1898, this distant power sailed their military forces into Hallow Harbor to capture the agricultural resources of the Fairlands. The war lasted for roughly six years, and the Fairlands and its citizens suffered immensely. Food and other natural resources allowed the people to sustain themselves throughout the conflict, but it was the discovering and harnessing of electricity, first in New Fair then across all of Hale that allowed them to push back the colonizing forces of otherwhere. So in the wake of their victory, the city, which had always been a hub of immigration, that's New Fair, suddenly flooded with war refugees. It was a daunting population boom for a wartime infrastructure and cultural adaptations born from this time transformed New Fair into one of the most vibrant cities uh, in Hale. So three years since the war, the country has restored itself, but uh, like in the wastes of West Rec, the collective psyche is permanently changed. Some people have adopted a very electric live-while-you-can attitude. Others are seeking uh, resolution desperately for the loss of an entire generation uh, for the forces of otherwhere. So... New Fair itself is a sprawling, diverse city on the western coast of the continent filled with technology from what would resemble, again, our 19th century or so. Uh, it stands upon the ruins of an ancient alchemical predecessor known as Old Fair, so New Fair on top of Old Fair. Their language is, is very literal um, because <clears throat> they have so much in the way of immigration and other countries coming together regularly. They found it sensible to just speak very plainly. Um, Old Fair itself, for what it's worth, embodies the perpetual integration of ancient and innovative. uh, The kind of thing in in New Fair, if you want to compare it to to the modern world, would be places like uh, Edinburgh, Lima, New York, Paris, Istanbul, very similar to those kinds of cities. Um, Citizens are mostly nestled within uh, brutalist architecture, um, evolving from Art Nouveau to Art Deco Nouveau. Lindsay, correct me if I'm wrong. Nouveau, that's what I thought. To to uh, Art Deco, so um, the pretty period of art in the early turn of the century. That's right. So that's it's, right. It's, so um, it's Tim Burton's Batman. Well, that or it's nah, the animated series that, Batman. It's a little more gothic. That's more Deco, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
it says specifically here, modern development consumes arcane history and you'll grapple with forces that rule the mundane world. There are three of them, the ascendancy, the primacy, and the periphery. So without getting into all the details, the, the triumvirate that sort of rules over this area, the ascendancy is the religious aspect of it. Um, the primacy then is the central government. The premier uh, is the leader of that. They, they sort of work within the chamber. And then the periphery is the police force. Um, the periphery in particular, worth noting that in the wake of the last war they've inherited a lot of military technology that is not really uh it doesn't really match up with the goal of interfacing peacefully with citizens so um they're often seen as kind of the violent hand of the government if that doesn't sound familiar then take a quick look around anyway mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> cool. yeah uh, so worth noting, that's just the, the setting and, and where all of this is taking place. What exactly is happening? Well, Candela Obscura is a paranormal secret society that is charged with protecting the city of Newfair. Um, again, built on top of the ruins of an ancient fallen civilization that is still teeming with the remnants of some very, very powerful magic. That's really where uh, the big change sort of comes into play in the way that the world is different um, for them versus how it would have you know, effectively been for us. Um, there is a barrier between our realm and the beyond that is collectively known as the flare. And in certain places in the world, much like it is believed in our world to be uh, the case as well by certain folks, um, there are places where the flare is weakened. They're called thinnings. And so that energy, which they collectively know as magic, that's with a K M A G I C K. Um, can seep through basically so all the myths all the legends all the folk tales of the fairlands are all stories that are created to explain the very real magical phenomena that does happen and take place however most people are unaware of this being a real thing um magic itself can not really do anything on its own until it infests something or infuses something so objects places beings not only does it seep into them but it changes them permanently if you get a thinning open wide enough then actual creatures from the other side of the flare can come through um this is all by Candela, by the organization known collectively as a phenomenon. Uh, they leave behind a corruptive force. Often it's not something that can be seen, although occasionally it is, depending on the way it manifests. This is called bleed. Um, for your Ghostbusters reference, think of it as, as either ectoplasm or just uh, the, the sensory observation around uh, folks who have been uh, affected by something from there. So it sort of radiates. Uh, if you have too much bleed, then you could be taken over by supernatural forces. You could become corrupted in some way. You could actually die from it. It just varies depending on what the phenomenon is that caused it. Um, it is very rare that people in the world have sort of inherent magic. Uh, if you're a member of Candela and you're utilizing it, it's probably because of some sort of powerful artifact that could reduce, contain, eliminate bleed in some way. Um, but your goal as part of this organization is basically just, again, to protect the world from these dangers by both securing and then studying them. Um, there's a hierarchy within Candela that includes a council of light keepers. They then direct the resources um, of, of the group. A party that's sent out by them is known as a circle, which is what your players will become. Um, and their missions are all known as different assignments. Um, different chapters throughout the world make up the Candela overall, the Candela Obscura organization, and they have these these uh, lighthouses that they have 
strategically placed throughout the world, and actually there's always at least one within the flare itself um, to keep their their artifacts. And so, yeah, pretty much your characters work in the shadows together to help secure the world from the things um, that they don't need to know about, or at least it has been deemed as such. Okay. Okay. Magic X-Files. That's a... That's a crop. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. And that's the show. Yeah, and that's it. And that's all there that's, is. That was all right. so thanks for that was fifteen minutes almost. In. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, <laughs> there's an awful lot more that I could get into about all the different districts of of the city of New Fair. This is something you guys will want to know, but we don't have to get into it all right here for the for the sake of everybody who's going to be tuning in. But again, quick start guide chapters, or I'm sorry, chapters pages twelve and thirteen will tell you about districts within New Fair and then landmarks outside of it. Um, that it will be helpful. I know some of you already referenced it in your, your character survey, so that's good. You've read and, and know a little bit about what these places are and where you could be and where you could go, et cetera, et cetera. Hunter, so. I, I'd like to point out that I did not read the assignment, and now I wish to <laughs> I wish to change some things on my character sheet. So I'm going to keep myself okay. real vague on this show. Um, okay. Not because I'm that's trying fine. to be mysterious, but because I'm trying not to look like a horse's ass. <laughs> it's fine i understand so for what it's worth again for the sake of the listener uh because candela is again for for better or worse or for uh, ineffective terms in beta um what they've produced for free again is a quick start guide which is some of what i was just reading from and uh what you can go and see on your own along with that that free adventure uh, they also have created some pre-generated character sheets now they're not named or anything like that you'll see pre-generated characters in some games that are fully set and ready to go they did leave some things open but what they did choose for our players are roles and specialties roles are sort of your character class specialty would be kind of your prestige like what you're specifically good at um so those were kind of already pre-assigned. Our players then chose which ones, which characters they wanted, uh, basically which sheets they wanted to play with and, and characters they wanted to create around them. So do you guys want to talk a little bit about your characters right now? We can make some decisions and add some things and all that. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, do you, how do you want to do this? Does anybody want to start first? Do you want to start at the top of what's already listed? Because for what it's worth, we are fortunately running into a situation where there are there are five roles, uh, and our players have all chosen different ones. So we'll have one of each one theoretically. I'll uh, I'll go first because mine will be real short. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll give you the basics that I think will stick around, and Hunter and I will. Uh, convene at a at a different time and and fix the things sure. that won't. Um, <laughs> but he is a he's a magician. He's a stage magician in the literal sense. I, I didn't know how literal they meant by magician, but I wanted him to be an actual magician, like full on on stage, sleight of hand, all that stuff. Uh, his name yeah. is Jonathan Strangeway, and he is. I, I got the name from. Um, Ancestry. Ancestry. Actually related yeah, to someone. That's on an episode of Horse Time. Yeah, go back to Horse Time. <laughs> I think the last one we did, um, I had a relative long down the line named uh, Isabel Strangeway. And I thought that name was so cool. I was like, well, there's my Candle Obscura, Candle Obscura name right there. So, yeah, Jonathan Strangeway, he is a magician. Of The, the basics on him, he's very... Uh, I made this reference earlier when we were talking to... Um, 
well, I don't remember who we were talking to, but he was kind of. Uh, <laughs> I mentioned Fright Night, the 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 Fright Night remake with with oh, David. Tanner. With we were Tanner, talking about yeah, there with David Tennant as Peter Vincent. He's he's kind of that same role. He's in that same way. He is uh, yeah. he is a charlatan. He's a huckster. He uh, has no problem cheating people, and you know he's he's a showman. He is an entertainer through and through. He does have some good qualities, but if you like Shannon playing the out of control, arrogant characters, boy, are you in for a treat this Halloween season? <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be um, Shannon at his Shannonist. So, so for what it's worth, for the sake of the listener, the the role that Shannon's character is playing is the face. So basically, the uh, again, I'm I'm using a lot of Ghostbusters references, but the Peter Venkman of the team. This is yeah. someone who steps up, does a lot of the talking, uh, puts themselves out there publicly to to be kind of the public face. Again, Magic X Files is not a terrible comparison uh, because again, most of what happens here is in the shadows, in secret, so that people don't know, so that they're not scared. Uh, the only difference being that you're not a government organization; you're actually working sometimes again government organizations to make this all the case um so yeah the role is is face the specialty is magician i i very much think that they intended it as as stage magician a performer i, I think so um, too I, although i think you could take that you know figuratively i think you could twist that into something if sure. you wanted to but i the idea of a magician is too too good i mean some of my favorite characters have been magicians uh, one of my favorite superheroes is zatanna from DC, and she yep. is a magician. Uh, the Prestige is one of my favorite films. I actually, yeah. I was fascinated by Harry Houdini and you know uh, his ilk. Uh, even David Blaine and and you know those assholes are Chris Angel. I mean, <laughs> I got mind freaked once right. or twice. I'm not afraid to say. So I, I think <laughs> I, it sounds like a fun role, and it's one I feel, I feel yeah. like I can sink my teeth into once I iron out some of the uh, the, uh, the the little details. He does. Um, in the in the survey, you did mention family. Really, the only people uh-huh. that he, he keeps close to him, he does have a daughter that he is kind of estranged from. Her name is Isabella. Okay. Um, and he had this daughter with someone he was engaged to at one time, but they did not work out, and her name was Beatrix. She does not like him, as do most of the women that are in his life. Uh, he's <laughs> he's not a great person, is what I'm trying to tell you. He's, he's not going to be the most upstanding gentleman you meet, but he is effective, and he will be entertaining, I promise. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would imagine, and I'm I'm just guessing here. But you tell me how how you'd like this to play out. So, um, actually, let me ask a question before I make a statement here. As as a stage magician, how successful do you imagine Jonathan to be? Uh, pretty successful. Uh, originally, I, okay. I thought about him being down on his luck, but uh, the way yeah. that Ethan and I had kind of tied our characters together called for him to be a successful magician. So. Um, and I'll let Ethan talk more about it when when he gets up to bat. But yeah, Jonathan yeah. is well known. Like he he kind of lives a double life. He has this stage presence, this magician that everyone knows. But then behind the scenes, as you know, he works with this group in uh, in their work. Yeah. So he has so, to find he has to find a balance. My guess would be, and I, I'm not going to force you into any of this, but these are these are suggestions I'm making to hope uh, hope to flesh out your character. Um, if if he's if, if you were a lower class performer, I would say that you would probably spend most of your time in the Red Lamp District because uh, it's all basically about entertainment, uh, much more illicit than than stage magic, but it, it could be the case. However, if he's more upscale in the way that you described, or at least middle class, um, then I would recommend and I would suggest uh, that your 
your character probably has set up shop somewhere in a place called the Varnish. So, you know, when you go to uh, every like small town now that is consistently revitalizing their downtown area and fully gentrifying it with bars that no one who lives in the town can actually afford. Yeah. That's the varnish. Okay. That's what the varnish is, basically. So uh, it's described in the text as the downtown portion of urbanized new fair filled with expensive shops, bars, and restaurants. The varnish attracts tourists and wealthy locals alike. It also serves as the central hub for the cable cars that stretch out across all of new fair. Um, yeah, that sounds good. I me. would I would imagine that you, you probably have set up shop there. Are you picturing... Like street magic, stage magic. Stage is magic. it a, is it a stage thea- So it's a theater, theater type theater, situation for sure. Yeah, he he hauls okay. them in, hauls them in every night. They call, in fact, you know, some people even call him Johnny Varnish. Oh, oh, okay. So he's like a real man of the varnish, like very well known. Oh yeah, in and around that area. Yeah, uh, dated most. Where of does the he women. live? where does he live does he live uh is this like a i own my own kind of theater space and live in the back or live totally separate you keep your your home and work life completely independent i would say he keeps his homework and life uh independent if nothing else than for what he does in his free time he doesn't want there to be any chance of overlap or uh you know exposure yeah sure so possibly because i don't think they're that far from each other i don't have the the city map right in front of me but uh it would probably be the case then that that jonathan lives in the seidel uh described as the middle class sprawl of new fair home to up-and-coming residential neighborhoods and family operated shops there are newly installed electric lights illuminating the streets affording the seidel a reputation for being incredibly safe at night a uh, much safer location probably than the others. Even even if he's doing particularly well, I don't imagine this is the kind of guy who lives in a place like the Eaves where it's uh, exceedingly wealthy, very exclusive, or would you imagine that to be the case? In my head, he wants to live there. That's where he wants to okay. be. But he, okay. he hasn't quite hit that level yet. He aspires for greatness. He aspires sure. to be the wealthy, and he aspires to be one of the elite, but he sure. comes he comes from dirt. And it's hard. Okay. It's hard to shake where you come from. Well, not to mention the eaves is kind of a uh, you don't buy your way in. You can, but it's much easier to um, uh, bleed your way in to to be part of a family line that has a house that's passed down in the eaves. Um, right. So it's it, it would make more sense that yeah, you probably live in the sidle. Maybe a little jealous of people who live oh, in the oh, eaves. One hundred percent. He 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 hobnobs with these people, but he secretly hates them. He detests them. Right. Uh, and in a, He's in a, not allowed to be part of the circle there. In a lot of ways, he hates himself for not being there. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that absolutely being the case. So one key relationship then would be that with his daughter, his, Isabella. His right? daughter. we got four that we could fill in. His daughter, yeah. for sure. Right. Um, relationships, of course, don't have to be positive. So the, the ex might also play into that. The ex does not like him. I can't stress that enough. Um, she, she, she doesn't think he's a good father. Um, he spends more time on stage or trying to ascend beyond his means than he does with his daughter. It's not that he doesn't love her. He does love her. But in sure. his, his own selfish way, he's trying to build something that she can have one day, that she'll have a better life. Um, but the ex, yeah. the ex doesn't see it that way. She thinks he's a deadbeat. Yeah. Okay. Um, is there anything in particular that you you haven't shared from the maybe the survey that you want to share or anything that you want to get into 
of anything that I put in that survey I, that I haven't said, I'm second guessing, and I'll talk to you about it. Let's just pretend he's okay. mysterious and not that I didn't sure. do the assignment. That's fine. <laughs> it's okay. Um, real quick, and, and you don't have to answer any more or less of this than you want to for the time being. If it's something you'd rather reveal uh, to the other characters and to the listeners on the show, that's fine too. Um, is there anything you want to address about the catalyst and the question for this character? So for the sake of the listeners, um, each character will have a catalyst. That is a reason why they would have joined Candela Obscura, the organization in general. Uh, this can be anything from intentionally seeking them out to getting caught up in their machinations, uh, specific situations, whatever. Uh, and then the question is more about something they want to know as a result of being a member of Candela. So it doesn't necessarily have to be about Candela. If they have a personal question that they want answered uh, in life and they think the organization can help them, that's something that would go there. So for Jonathan, is there anything we need to know about his catalyst or his question? Well, originally, the idea that I had for it was that something had happened to him or he had seen something. Being being a stage magician and working with tricks and sleight of hand and illusion, that something happened to him that caused him to be able to do actual magic. He, he now has real magic that he can do, and it confuses sure. him. He doesn't know why. He doesn't understand it. And more increasingly, more than being one of the elite, he wants answers. He wants to know what this thing is. He wants to know what the veil, the the, the flare is. He wants to know what bleed is. He he is obsessive over trying to figure out what's happened to him, partially because he's afraid for his own life because he doesn't understand this thing. But the reason yeah. I, I hesitate to say is because I don't know to what extent these people know of this thing like how much they understand of it so if he works with this group maybe he already understands it and therefore my my catalyst in question is pointless so so really what it could be and what might help you better answer that question is how long do you imagine jonathan has been a part of candela because it could be a very long time it could be a very short time or it could be that it happens in our first episode uh, I'd say first episode or short time. I like either of those options. He, okay. wh whatever has happened to him has happened to him recently, and okay. it's part of why he has become more famous. Um, sure, but he's scared because he doesn't understand yeah. what it is, and he's afraid of what it could do to him. Okay. So this, for what it's worth, is as I recall, ties into your specialty. You chose the prestige. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so this is a magician specialty talent that uh, that Jonathan will have throughout the, the game. This is, uh, again, one of the very few characters in the world who can inherently directly basically interact with things beyond the flare and take control of it and harness it for their own use. So, yeah, someone who had previously been, uh, again, strictly a smoke and mirrors magician now has the ability to occasionally go beyond the limits of human capability. Again, a very, very unique situation and something that, yeah, would be pretty distressing to someone who, who had never experienced that kind of thing before, certainly. Yeah. Should I say okay. what the magic trick is? If you want to, yeah, for what it's worth. Um, oh, that's right. You you do have to pick in the time. I was thinking yeah. it was like gear that you could pick in the moment. So so if you if you want to tell folks now or if you want to make it a surprise the first time you use it. Yeah, you know what? Let's do that. Make them sweat. Yeah, I think it'll. I think it'll be really interesting for you to to be able to kind of break out of the the norm. I hope uh, so. In, in some moment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anything else? I don't want to move on. If if there's anything else you want to talk about. Um, I think it's uh, ridiculous that they voted McCarthy out of the House today. Um, I think <laughs> I think we're in a lot of trouble. 
That's all. No, 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 not now. No, it's not the show. <laughs> I know. Damn it! Why does this have to happen in October? It always, it always does. does. There's always something. Uh, There's all something. Oh, I can't okay. wait for November. Who's <laughs> who's next? I'll go next. Lindsay. Okay. We'll, we'll get us seasoned ones out of the way here first. Oh yeah, sounds uh, good. So oh. my character's name is Margaret Stockwell. She is 27. And if we're going with her style, I would put it as flashy but functional. At uh, first glance, you might think she's part of the entertainment industry, but she is not. She is just part of a very wealthy, well-established family within New, New Fair. Um, they own a museum in the Varnish known as the Celadon Codex. And they hold in high regards that they share the information with the world as well as what they sell to private collectors and such. They uh, make a point that the museum is open at least three times a week free to the public and the other three days are open to paid parties only and is closed once a week. Mm. Um, her immediate family and her live in the eaves where the main family home is in Greenbrier which is more of the like park district like Central Park-esque is kind of what I sure. pulled from it. Mm-hmm. Um one might think being a daughter of the family that she would be a uh, archivist or a scholar. No, she's an explorer. She's out there spelunking with her father, much to her mother's dismay. Uh, if, if anything, she might be seen a little bit as the black sheep of the family, but she is more than capable of what she does. Outwardly, she has the ladylike appearance, but uh, don't get her wrong. If she uh, drops her handkerchief and you're the wrong kind of person, she will kick you in the face. So, needless to say, Margaret is the muscle of this group. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Um, what do you want to tell us a little bit about... Uh, so, so for what it's worth, for the listener, uh, Margaret's role is the muscle uh, of the team. The The overall role is, is muscle. Uh, the two specialties in the full game will be Explorer and Soldier here. This is an Explorer character, so um, think Lara Croft, Indiana Jones. Those are kind of the, I think, inspirations for this type of character in terms of the, the game build. Um, what do you want to tell us about her catalyst and her question? So her catalyst, well, before that, my direct influence for this character was actually uh, Helga from uh, Disney's uh, Atlantis oh, that's right, Lost that's right. Empire. Yeah, you and so, I talked about that, yes. Just that, that look in general, she's got like honey blonde hair and green eyes and yeah. just beat the shit out of someone if she has to. Um, <laughs> as far as her catalyst, um, she has a really high success rate for bringing home artifacts on their expeditions. And for a while there, she was finding odd items multiple times in a row. And yeah. her grandfather would pull these items away and handle dealing with their quote-unquote buyers himself. Um, but one particular item, a uh, mirror that was set into onyx stone and had some like jade, a jade uh, ornaments around it, she became extremely fixated on and would not allow him to take care of it on his own. So she discovered through him that he is a retired member of Candela and brings them artifacts that they find. And she learns that her great aunt, who is no longer with them, was once a light keeper. And mm. just her fixation on this item has pulled her into the organization. And she's been with them for about a year now. 
So Margaret is not only a seasoned member, she's uh, she's old money in this case. She's yes. a, a, what do they call it? a legacy. That's what I was going legacy. for. She's a legacy yeah. member. Yeah, yeah. She was always in some way destined. No one to else in that. the family, though, is aware other than her grandfather, George. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of uh, relationships to take up there since you have you know, three <laughs> or four to work with. Um, is is it the case that you would imagine your character is in any way directly related to any of the other members of the circle before <clears throat> the adventure begins? Uh, she is uh, friends with one of the other members of our circle. Okay. Um, she knows me. his actual name, but I will leave it to him <laughs> what he decides to share. Um, but... Uh, they she hired him several times for help on some of her expeditions and they've just become friends afterwards so she has his back and knows that he's got a set of skills that are useful sure Damn right. seems like uh before we we move right into that it'd be a great time to jump to it i want to quickly ask would you imagine that that some of the the stockwell excavations have taken place in old fair is it uh let's go yes. down beneath the city yeah yeah absolutely they, they do Especially local as well as further away yeah, so especially if you're pulling uh, artifacts and, and things from the old Farian ruins that, that would be covered in, in bleed, um, that, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, very well fleshed out. Um, and again, it seems like a great time to jump right to that, that relationship-based character. Uh, Steven, you want to go next? Hello, yeah. Let's, let's go so, to that interview. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So my character, uh, the group knows him as Lawrence Hall, uh, he is a uh, the criminal of the group. He is the one that uh, you will call on to kind of get into places and uh, get some information or to steal some items. Um, so the backstory with him I went with was uh, lost his uh, mother at a fairly young age, fairly probably being like three or four years old. And... Mm -hmm. uh, grew up with his father and his father was like i i wasn't sure what he should be i was thinking like a leech uh harvester or something like that something to do with the yeah. time period something that's like kind of lowbrow because same as shannon's character kind of comes from nothing and uh, wants to get out of that life uh which he is for the most part but uh he's definitely more on the greedy side when it comes to um, like just wanting more money, not necessarily to like maybe not get higher status, but just so that he knows he has this uh, sort of a cushion and not fall back in those like sewers and the slums and all that. So, mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think. So, how he became into the criminal uh, lifestyle, I guess, uh, his father. Uh, became kind of ill, you know, with how, you know, time be time period is. And so at about 11 or 12 years old, uh, decided to try to find something to help with uh, keeping us, uh, you know, kind of having a roof over our heads, get some food in our stomach and stuff. So went to the uh, cemetery to basically get some manual labor, digging up graves and all that kind of stuff. And the gravekeeper eventually decided I should be let in on his little scheme where he would uh, I think they're called resurrectionists where they yeah. take the cadavers of the recently deceased and sell them to the medical schools and for 
pretty decent money, I guess. So, yeah, not uh, not to interrupt you too long here, but I do want to uh, pause for just a second. The the ascendancy who would one hundred percent have hired, you know people who are down on their luck to do this kind of work are like every other aspect of the triumvirate they are highly yeah. corrupt so there's little question that there is an ascendancy church somewhere where someone is paying people to slip bodies out the back door probably over somewhere to Briarbank college uh and into their their medical facilities and into their their cadaver rooms and such nice perfect i like that i'm glad i went with that route because uh <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of goes into the catalyst of why I came to the circle because one evening um, it was a body that uh, was recently buried and so it was ripe for getting that soul to uh, whatever hospital or church or whatever and uh, after digging it up noticed that there may have been some weird growths uh, basically the body just didn't look normal like the collarbone may have been protruding too far and it looked like maybe some tendricles or muscle was like pouring out of uh the skin something to that uh you know to that effect that flavor and you know i sh uh yelled my objection objections to the gravekeeper he's like you know stop stop being a pansy go ahead and grab the body and sure. so when i went to grab it just some searing pain went straight from my hand all the way all like to my neck almost to my face i don't know if i want to leave like any permanent scarring on that but mm. definitely something that made me not want to deal with the dead bodies anymore <laughs> so, <laughs> and so uh after that incident i kind of have um maybe a phobia of dead bodies and I definitely didn't yeah. want to deal with that anymore. Maybe start stealing from the living. So, okay. So th this character is one who's been around new fair for quite some time, just based on the, the descriptions mm -hmm. of all his locations. life basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where, um, where do you imagine he spends his time, his time most of the time, not necessarily lives, but, uh, so, so does he really have a day job per se? So that's the thing. The day job is um, whenever he hears or sees that there's a new body coming through, he kind of wants, uh, sometimes I guess the if the cadaver is at the home, they may call upon us to retrieve the body. Sure. And uh, that would be ample time to case the uh, residents see if there's any valuables mm. around, see if yeah. there's anything worth <laughs> coming back for. So that would have been like another side thing we were doing is just yeah. something that maybe the family wouldn't miss or maybe notice that it was gone. And so that was one of what I was thinking, basically just yeah. burglar. <laughs> so, so, my, so my thought is that where you can spend your days in a lot of different places because you're a you're mm -hmm. a dispatch force you're you're not necessarily going to a district to work yes but the shrive line is the home of the ascendancy and importantly okay. it's not just where the church has set up its main sort of base of operations because there are a lot of religious fanatics in this world they mm -hmm. intentionally build and buy homes near the church and the, the head of the church itself so that they're all consistently in their own sort of little clique, their own little community. Mm -hmm. um, it's also 
important for a pickpocket, uh, or not necessarily a pickpocket, but someone who who is you know looking to make their their means illicitly, um, mm-hmm. a very popular tourist destination, much like the varnish mm-hmm. is for um, its, uh, its shops and bars and stuff. The the Shrive Line is is a tourist destination for its old historic building. So okay. that's where you're going to be able to slip through a crowd and maybe come away with a couple of coins, a couple of bills, uh, if if they're slow in the the world of the dead that week. Um, I like I, yeah, that. I think the Shrive yeah. Line would be a good base of operations for you. Where do you live, though? Um, say you know, trying to pull myself out of the lower class of the South Soffit. Sure. Uh, I was uh-huh. thinking that I could be residing in the Siddle. Uh, you okay. know, the middle class brawl. The sidle. The sidle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's so so basically it's that you're um, again, they're very literal. It's the difference between South Fit, which is a lower portion of a, a roof, a poorly done portion, uh, mm-hmm. versus the eaves, which are the very nice done portion. The sidle uh, is more of a you're it's it's a walking description. You're trying to sidle up from a lower space to a higher space. Ah. So it's quite descriptive of that. Yeah, it's the suburbs in, in a lot of ways. Perfect. Um do you want to talk at all about your your relationships to other characters? Yeah, so of course we know that uh, Lindsay's character has hired me on for some uh-huh. odd jobs. Uh, basically, whenever she's spelunking in her archaeological digs, uh, she mm-hmm. might have needed some artifacts that were already procured to, you know, maybe a key that fit a lock that she found, and so she would. Uh, she would find someone to, you know, maybe uh, procure that for her, and she no. uh, one time just came over to me, saw my skills. I guess she kind of caught me in the uh, in the pickpocket district, the shrivel line or shrev line, however you pronounce it. Sorry. Drive line. <laughs> Drive line. Yeah. So yeah. she saw the uh, potential there and hired me on for a few odd jobs and. It just seemed that we kind of clicked off and we just became friends pretty much after acquaintances. I'm uh, I'm going to take that a step further. I'm going to make a recommendation yeah. that not only did Margaret hire you on to work with uh, uh, Lindsay, what is it, Stockwell Industries, Stockwell Incorporated, yeah, something like the that. Stockwell family. She, they don't Stockwell really excavation. Stockwell <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say not only did she sort of hire you on to work with them in that way but she probably is the one who introduced you to Candela as well I if would like you're, that yeah, yeah mm-hmm. if you're that talented and that, that capable of um, going unseen and getting into places where other people can't that's a very valuable skill that can be put to use in a, in a sort of proper way um, and if Margaret has indeed been a member of Candela for some time, her family is well revered within it, then probably she sort of um, nominated you to be part of that. And so I would imagine that you've been there maybe about half the time that she has. If she's been there a year, you've been working with Candela for about six months now, off like and on. That. Yeah, because as, as part of a circle. Yeah, I can see that, like I mentioned one time, of the cadaver that I had the experience with. And she right. kind of saw what would happen with that, and so she would introduce sure. me with the candela. I like that. Other, other than that, though, that doesn't usually judge people. She's willing to give everybody at least one shot <laughs> to prove themselves. Sure, yeah. People have got to do what they got to do to get by in this world. Um, other than that, is is uh, Levi is sort of a nickname. It's it's uh, Lawrence, right? 
So Lawrence Hall is the name that the group knows because Levi Dan, uh, that's my real name. He kind gotcha. of feels like okay. he doesn't want to associate his past life with being a grave robber. Sure. Like he's sure. fine with, you um, know, being a burglar, but grave robbing <laughs> still kind of draws a the little line bit, somewhere. Draws a line somewhere. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Lawrence, it seems like it might be kind of a solitary character. Um, other than the Stockwell family, his only other relationships that you mentioned specifically would be that to whoever your connection is in the ascendancy, right? Whoever Pretty much. With. Yeah. Like he kind okay. of keeps to himself because, you know, yeah. he wasn't really great with people to begin with. That's why he started to, you know, deal with dead bodies and after that whole thing started giving him you know flashbacks if he dealt with anything after the incident he just kind of kind of became more yeah recluse and to himself okay um all right anything else Uh, i'm trying to think oh yeah so the catalyst of course the cadaver um you know, he uh, lost his mother at a young age, but he still remembers mm-hmm. her very fondly. And so after being introduced to Candela with what they deal with, he kind of comes to, like, the thought process of if there is something after we pass, maybe there is a way to either contact the other side, whether that be very specific people or, you know, just, you know, kind of like open it up and see who you get. So that is kind of sure. the question that he wants to figure out is, is there a way without, you know, any repercussions and to contact the other side? Well, that's always the question is, how do I get what I want without having to give something up to get Exactly. Because, <laughs> again, he he's all about taking. He's not about giving stuff up. Sure. Yeah, it's in his nature. Yeah. All right, anything else? Uh, I can't really think of anything. I mean, of course, the role is Slink with the Scout uh, sure. skill. And then I went with Street Smarts. I feel like that's just, mm-hmm. you know, obvious uh, oh, selection. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so so for the listener, Slink as uh, the overall role is, again, sort of the roguish character, the very good at sneaking and hiding and such. Um, specialties are two very different extremes, criminal and detective. So if you want to play more on the side of law, detective, uh, the opposite, of course, is the one that's the pre-generated character. So Stephen built around that for Lawrence. Very good. Okay. Two to go. Who's next? Tanner. Don't everybody sure. speak up at once. Yeah, I'll go. <laughs> So, uh, for the listeners, I <clears throat> we were very unsure whether or not I would be here or not be here for the first couple weeks. Uh, so, I uh, my character is he's he's the scholar of the group. Eventually, whether that's when they first start or whether they find him. Um, so, Hunter, my my character's name is this is going to be hard to pronounce. It is Elkan Elkanah Bottomley. Okay. Got a, I got spelling coming to the group chat now, but uh, Elk and I goes is goes by Elk for short like with his friends. Okay. He's a scholar. Uh, he, you know, he attends the 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 Briarbank College, uh, mm-hmm. where he studies history and genealogy. That's where publicly, that's where his interests lie academically. Uh, sure. Secretly, secretly against the the wishes of his family, uh, he's really big into studying the occult mundane and the paranormal and 
he's looking he, he's looking actually looking for ways to get involved in these fields but they haven't come available to him yet okay all right uh, his his only active family with like around is his father John Bottomley and his mother Mary Bottomley uh, which I so I did the same thing Shannon did actually uh, I actually pulled a ancestor from ancestry for these names. These are all real names yeah. of people who I'm related to. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. He's, you know, as far as style goes, he's very well-dressed, very professional. He has to act the part when he's at college. So, you know, he's always in a suit, vest, tie, nice shoes, always well-dressed. Sure. His, Is this, um, is this a character who you imagine has been uh, a part of Candela prior to the beginning? Um, is just he's now looking joining. For, he's looking for a group like Candela. I, I basically okay. when I created when I created the character, I was creating it with the idea that I'm probably not going to be there for the first couple of weeks because I didn't know. Sure. Procedure. I had. Yeah. So I wanted it to be a, an opportunity where maybe he had a run in with them, and he was just kind of swept up into the. Okay. Yeah, I, I believe we can make that work. So we'll we'll say in advance that your character is, um, while you will tonight be deciding how your circle works and all of that, um, in game we will actually introduce your character into the the sort of established circle uh, in that that first episode, and we can kind of decide in the moment how we want that to work with with other characters as well. I mean, uh, it, it'll be very straightforward that Margaret and Lawrence, at least, uh, from what we know about them already, will sort of be members of Candela and, and planning on um, you know, being part of a circle uh, as a lightkeeper will make them part of one. Um, what uh, what sort of relationships does Elkanah have that are important to him? Uh, really only his parents. Like, he's he's so wrapped up in his studies when he's at school that he doesn't have a chance to make friends. Uh, and his relationship with his parents, while, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a formal relationship with your parents, for yeah. him now, it's mainly their support, whether that be emotionally or financially. He's what they're standing on. He's how he's. Yeah. His parents are how he's attending college. It's how he's getting his education. How he plans on forward. But he's very much reliant on them. So he's kind of. Yeah. He's been kind of uh, careful, cautious about he about how he studies paranormal and the occult. Sure. They're very much against. So importantly, uh, Tanner's character is playing the role of the scholar, the intelligence-based character, the one who does a lot of the the heavy reading, uh, uh, heavy lifting on that front for the other characters, um, is capable of, of sort of seeing patterns and things. Um, and the specialties typically are professor or doctor, so the difference being, of course, medical versus um, uh, PhD, psychological, um, or, or, you know, academic I guess I should say um, I think we're kind of flavoring this as professor, professor eventual <laughs> professor yeah. emeritus in other words Scho someone scholar, who is an active studying yeah, active scholar now with professor in his future sure yeah so um, quickly what uh, what do you imagine this character's catalyst in question to be what is the reason for joining Candela and what is it they want to know uh, as a part of as, as a result of being part of Candela well, this is probably the easiest portion portion of this character. The catalyst is he has that drive to be able to research these things, the occult, sure. paranormal. Sure. Can't do they have that. something he wants, basically. Basically, yeah. Which could uh, be and, a positive or a negative connotation, right? Sometimes ambition breeds yeah. contempt in folks. 
And then his question is, he just he's he's got the basic question that everybody has who's interested. Life after death. Is there truth to any of this paranormal research? Okay. Well, it's one of those things yeah. where he, he, he wants to believe. Well, I want to believe. <laughs> wink, wink. But he, he's, he's such, he is such a scholar that he needs to be able to do the research. Thus him looking for a group like uh, Candela to work with. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, give me just a second here. Um, any anything else, Tanner, that you want to mention specifically about this character? Sorry, I'm taking notes while I'm doing this as well. You're good. You're good. And I'll send you my character sheet over too. When I'm, uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you guys to do all of that uh, at the end. I'll I'll take a look at all of them at the same time. Um, uh, as far as yeah. like traits go, physical traits. Uh, he is. Imagine Sherlock Holmes in his early days when he's still. Yeah, imagine Sherlock Holmes from uh, uh, Enola Holmes if you've watched those movies. I've been meaning to, and I haven't, but I know it's uh, it's Henry Cavill, right? It is. It is. That's that's kind of his. Maybe not as tall and and uh, quite you know standoutish because of his you know his height and size and everything. But sure, he's, yeah. he's, this, he's that clean cut. You know, his hair is a little long, but it's always well, yeah. well taken care of. Uh, he's very, he wasn't, he's not posh by any means. Like, he's willing to get down and do the dirty work. But he was very well taken care of to the point where this man doesn't have a scar, blemish, or anything on his body. It's gotcha. Okay. All right. That leaves but one. Ethan, take the stage. Hello. Thank you for having me on the show. Oh, oh my God. God damn it. <laughs> I just wanted to say, uh, I think the best way to introduce this character is I went with the class weird, specifically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, so in the full game, <laughs> so, so for the listeners sake, briefly in the full game, the weird role is kind of the, uh, the wild card, Charlie. Um, this is uh, a role that directly interacts with the flair in some form or fashion. Um, not necessarily someone who is always fully capable of, of magic or of utilizing stuff from beyond the flair, but one who has definitely had a key interaction with it. The specialties in the full game will be occultist uh, and medium, one who is, of course, you know, psychic. Um, the pre-generated character utilizes the occultist version of that, so please continue. So uh, I kind of came up with the idea that when I was like, okay, what can I do for a weird character? Like, and my first thought was like, clown. So, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> so what I I kind of fleshed it out a little more. Thanks with Hunter. Um, but I want to kind of she she does have a name. She has like an actual name, but she goes by the alias Patchy Tumble. I love that name. Thank you. It was a it was a clown generator name that I found that name on, and that, like that's her stage name pretty much. Is I Patchy please. Tumble? Please continue. I have to go change the name in the group chat to Clown Generator. <laughs> um. Um, she's 28 years old. She's dressed like what you think like a court jester would look like, like in the uh, in kind of the 19th century Victorian era. She wears a mask. She so, always Harlequin. A little bit, yeah. 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 She always kind of wears the mask. She's very, but she's very like lighthearted and willing to talk and entertain people. She is kind of a bit of a show-off with her entertaining. Um, 
she is kind of considered a joke to everybody kind of the opposite of what shannon is in that like she's kind of like oh let let's go visit old patchy tumble you know for a gag why don't we entertain ourselves by laughing at her misfortune and she never talks Oh, she talks. <laughs> she, I don't I got it. I don't well, it. only when people say, what are you doing? What is that? <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't I help it. it. Now. I get it. Now. But, um, yeah, she is kind of a fortune teller. She does have a, she does have the ability to like read people. Um, she, her backstory is, I don't want to delve too much into it. I kind of want to play okay. a lot of her stuff close to the chest. But sure. basically her backstory is that, or at least what she would tell you if you would ask her is she'd say something like, well, I ran away from the circus and on my way I fell down some stairs. So that's why they call me Patchy Tumbles. <laughs> um, <laughs> Please tell me she has the little, like, the little horn that she tells a joke and she goes, hark, hark. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Can you edit it a little bit, maybe? <laughs> um, maybe. You just need um, that on the soundboard. It'll be fine. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll get it. <laughs> hey, uh, but she, she's really like the most she'll tell you is that she originally lived in oh the Tartargrass. I don't. I think that's how you pronounce it, Tottergrass. Tottergrass. So yeah, Tottergrass is a, a location that's actually outside of Dewfair. Um, for the sake of the listener, it's a rural land south of the city where farmers raise livestock. Uh, crops are cultivated to pretty great effect. Again, um, limitations across the world have made it more difficult after the shiver. Um, and the ascendancy has a really strong foothold in that area, as you might imagine. It's the farmland, so naturally, it's the Bible Belt of hail, basically. So she was like always kind of interested in the occult ever since she like lost her mother. But um, due to circumstances that she refuses to reveal, uh, she ran away from home and uh, she decided to join the circus. She ended up finding a family in the circus, like just a lot of the like performers and just the ringleader. And so she, uh, actually like has kind of a found family aspect to her where she really cares about finding her or uh, helping out her troop and so one day like so she's actually she's actually like double jointed in her arms mm -hmm. which is another which she plays it off as like oh that's why I f that's what happens when you fall down some stairs <laughs> hark hark Hark, hark. And she she's like she dresses like a court jester she's got long brown hair and typically she's kind of she's a little bit more reclusive in her personal life she just is kind of a joke fortune teller to everybody and everybody she so as that she's self-employed she kind of goes through she will typically set up shop in like the red district red light district the uh, South Soffit and the Varnish. Uh, she does kind of, she does have like a little shack in South Suffolk. Um I was talking with Shannon and I thought it'd be a funny idea if she, oh, we lost somebody. We lost Tanner. We lost Tanner. Uh, but, I assume he'll be back. Yes. <laughs> but uh, I kind of had this fun idea is that like she, she's been living in New Fair for maybe about two, three weeks. 
like under a month because she's like a fresh kind of a fresh face that everyone kind of views as oh yeah. some novelty sure so so you said there were three districts that she works throughout which were they again uh she typically will like set up shop in the red district or the, the red I think lamp. it's like the red lamp district i have uh -huh. the red lamp district but the yeah, south, the, the, south so, for what it's worth the red lamp district would basically be very analogous to a red light district um the the guy describes it as the area of the city that is um very commonly uh, uh undertaken with sex work legalized sex work it has three things to sell you sex scarlet uh which is their their drug of choice basically and we'll get into that at a later time or a chance to gamble your money away so it's a less polished version of the varnish hence the name okay. so the red lamp he said south soffit um, that's sort of your lower class district, uh, mostly occupied by blue collar workers, war refugees. Uh, it's the step below the seidel, so that would be a popular location to set up as well. Yes. And what was the third? Uh, the varnish, or wait? And the varnish, yeah. So the varnish being again a, a place where multiple characters have uh, set up shop to do things. Um, that one would probably be one that's more difficult to, for you to maintain a, a mobile uh, bit of entertainment a bit. If you're, if you're showing up and, and kind of just uh, do anything on the street corner for a little while or whatever, you know, performing tricks, um, the varnish is where you're going to get some pushback. You're going to get yeah. some people going, okay, you know, you don't have a permit. Let's move along. Um, From but every once in a while... You find <laughs> every once in a while you find a, a little you know a, a place to sneak in for a couple hours and make a little extra money before they they run you off. Yeah, that was kind of that was kind of the idea. And she sure. knows about Shannon's character. She hasn't like actually met him, <laughs> but she kind of views him as like, oh, that guy's not magic. This is real magic. He is aware of her. He is not impressed. <laughs> he, so he, I, he looks at her like you know the the Bill Dotrieve, just the sad clown. Like she <laughs> she is everything he aspires to stay away from. She she's the reason why he wants to get out of the var or out of the uh, or stay out of the dirt. Someone Basically came into every... uh, his theater once and said, "Have you seen Patchy on the street?" And he his monocle fell off. <laughs> it was, it was disturbing. Basically, Patchy's uh, life is everything that she thought it wouldn't be, and everything she was afraid it would become. Yes, yes. Because for fifty seconds, he thought there was clowns on the varnish. On the varnish. Oh, please don't make me make a name clown on the varnish. I'm going. <laughs> but uh, some of the Amelia's generator. Whoop! I let something slip. But something of Patchy's uh, strengths is like her resiliency to survive and her loyalty to her found family and also willingness to make people entertained and happy. Um, sure. She is easily kind of emotionally manipulated, nervous towards like bigger, taller, handsomer men. Hello. Um, and she tends <laughs> to make kind of hasty and impulsive choices because she, she likes collecting little knickknacks. She likes acting a little more weird character keeps flipping in and out it's very yeah distracting. it's fine but anyway um um does she have like a like where does she live if she works in those districts where does she live uh i kind of thought she definitely lived in south soffit like kind of more yeah. or less like a hut yeah 
Yeah, that makes sense. We're not we're not full on to like Shantytown level yet. That would be a Nine Irons, uh, which is the the uh, basically main location of the uh, not the primacy, the periphery where the the police force is set up, which is as bad as it gets. Right, the most vulnerable citizens are set up right beside the police. Um, but South Soffit is stable enough that think um, like old New York apartments. Like they're crumbling, they're falling apart. You can maybe you you might actually have a room in a building, but it is uh, the size of the office I'm in right now. It's a closet. I mean, that's the entire living space that you have. Uh, maybe a mattress on the floor, simple situation. You know, just a pallet, that kind of thing. Very clown. Yeah, certainly, it's a clown's yes. life. And we know relationship wise that you you have a a. a, a you're aware you and, and Shannon's characters are aware of each other. Are there any other key relationships? You mentioned the, the traveling, the troop um, that she performs with. Yeah. Uh, she actually does know uh, kind of the, uh, the ringleader. They mm-hmm. are like, she looks to him more as like a, a father figure and someone who is like a, an authority in her life. Yeah. Um, she, I don't know how much I want to reveal with my character. You don't, don't have to reveal away. anything else yeah. if you don't want to. I'm just curious. So, so two two key questions, and and answer these as as specifically or vaguely as you'd like to in that same vein. Um, the catalyst and the question: Why is this character uh, a part of Candela, and what is it they hope to learn by being a part of Candela? Well, I kind of figured that she kind of be like a fresh face, like she might not in the first session she might not even know necessarily what the Candela was. Sure. Um, but she does have a reason and so like one day this is something that she wouldn't really reveal but her troop had been cursed and now she's trying to figure out how to resolve that curse okay so that was the uh, that was definitely the catalyst is when she was cursed as exactly what those specifications were she keeps close to her chest and her question is how do I resolve this how do I resolve this uh, absolve this curse and sure. help save her found family. Um, her three descriptor or her three adjectives or descriptors, I find I find out were definitely loyal. She's definitely loyal to her family. She's a bit quirky, and she's a little apprehensive and scared around other people she doesn't necessarily know. Um, yeah. So I kind of had this one idea with Stephen's character is that Stephen she knows Stephen's character because he will he approaches patchy and then will be like hey i've got some information for you what are you willing to pay to find out and she's always like hey you know i need to know this or that or hey you have that funny little trinket in your pocket how much do you want for it i'm all about that money yep (laughs) lingo ching okay hey hey, ethan what was your character's name again patchy tumble He's doing. I was gonna say he's doing a thing. That's there why, it is. Yeah, That's he why is. he was gone back and forth so long. <laughs> oh, no, not. So every time I turn, every time I turn my camera on, my my Discord just crashes completely. That's weird. Oh my gosh! 
Oh um, my god. Okay, so I, I don't want to run us too long tonight, and I know we're already a little long in the tooth, so we have yes. character introductions now, we have some established um, locations where they live, where they work, some established relationships as well. We have just a couple of other things to establish, and then we're going to wrap it up for the night. So, we do need to talk about your circle. As I mentioned earlier, uh, within Candela, you uh, have a hierarchy. The light keepers are generally retired investigators um, who work sort of in the bureaucratic uh, line in Candela. They they move up the chain a little bit and now they direct their own circle. Think of an, an FBI director. Um, you all will meet your light keeper in our first episode. You have not met them yet. Or well, your characters have, but we'll, you'll be introduced to them as, as people and the listeners will too in the next episode. Um, but I do need to know what the name of your circle is. Now, if I remember correctly, Lindsay came up with a, a handful of, uh, of suggestions. Did you all already discuss these? I think we narrowed it down between two, at least for okay. the major discussion. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, it's coming down to either they? the uh, throwback to our wonderful time in Star Wars with the Circle of the Midnight Coterie, oh. or oh. the yeah. Circle of the Empty Eyes. Oh, I like both of those. Really cool. Yeah. What about the Midnight we... Coterie of the Empty Eyes? That's too long. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's a lot. The Midnight Coterie. The empty coating. The empty coating. No. (laughs) Should we take a vote? Midnight Eyes. got robbed. (laughs) Midnight Eyes sounds like the club that Patchy works at in the red light district. Okay, hang on. She has done some things for information. Okay? She's got got a profile on only clowns. (laughs) Oh god, I don't like that and that's probably a thing. Um, so do you, uh, do you guys how do you want to do this? You want to take a vote? I you know what? I pitched for the Midnight Coterie just because I love that name. But the Midnight Coterie is say done. we could roast and die for it. No, I, I, I think I think the Coterie's been nice. done. Let's yeah. let's let's let it Save go. It for a different let's let's go with uh, the Midnight Eyes. The empty eyes. What's the inspiration? What's the inspiration behind empty eyes? Um, I literally just found a clan generator, and it sounded cool. What's with <laughs> you people with your generators? But at the same time, I feel like all of our characters have a little bit of darkness to them. They might have a little bit of there's no light behind that they there. need to fill sure. in. They need to refine like, their light or whatever. Like, like, you also, light. You like also all, for what it's worth, are... Booty wave. <laughs> <laughs> you're, all, um, you're all sort of hiding something, or you're capable of hiding things from others, and there is that mm-hmm. uh, you, would, you would sort of uh, impart the idea of empty eyes upon others. You don't want to be seen in some ways. So, yeah, the circle of the empty eyes it is, then. Um, I was thinking either so, that or stonecutters. <laughs> <laughs> um, where where do you all imagine your chapter house is located? This can be anywhere within the, the space that we discussed that would make sense. It could be someone's workplace. Uh, it does not have to be a place that any of you currently work at or live at, for what it's worth. If you've listened to any of the, the established adventures, um, they often meet at a, at a bookstore that is not run or owned by anyone who's actually in their circle. So I, I think I did not think about this part. <laughs> I, I think the theater would be the best place. 
It's exactly what I was thinking, for what it's worth. Um, although that would, I think, require you, Jonathan, to be an established member of Candela, if not for very long. Um, I think at this Maybe point, for what it's worth, my... Well, now could, it's right under the nose of the ascendancy for what it's worth. It mm. could start one place and then Jonathan volunteers the theater. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's like, true yeah, well. he's uh, pretty appalled that the meeting place is in a fucking graveyard. He wouldn't be caught <laughs> dead in a graveyard. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So so we can we can cover that when we get there. District wise, we'll say that it either resides in the Shrive line or the Varnish, or it eventually ends up in the Varnish. It sounds like uh, most of you spend a significant amount of time in the Varnish, and that probably makes the most sense. Uh, okay, so we have those two things. The one other thing we need to establish about your circle here and now is your ability. So at character creation, and then every time your circle advances, you get new abilities. Um, these are on, there is a document for what it's worth, the circle sheet, and I can quickly just screenshot them if you don't have them pulled up so you can take a look. Um, I'll make a recommendation if you all don't see one that immediately jumps out to you, but I don't want to say anything until you've had an opportunity to, to kind of look at these. So these are the options you have for your circle ability. And importantly, these are things that you will all one, one of these things, whichever you choose will something be something you all get to pull upon um, that basically gets added to your abilities. Gotcha. We decide yeah, this now so or the, this in the future? Yes. No, this is this is a decision you make now when your circle oh, is established. And this way we don't have to figure it out <laughs> next week. <laughs> um, importantly, if, if you want the recommendation, I can just tell you and probably the, the easiest and most effective one for a one-shot like this. I'm assuming it's going to um, be uh, the one you're about to say. I prefer <laughs> whatever Hunter suggests. I would like for, to go forged, with Hunter. Forged I'm, I'm looking at Forged and Fire. Yeah. Forged and Fire is the simplest one. For the sake of the listener, uh, when one of you helps an ally on a roll, if that ally then does not succeed, you both earn back one drive point of your choice. So to help an ally on a roll, you have to spend a drive in the related area. This way, if they don't succeed, you don't waste that drive. You get it back. Um, I mainly recommend that because other than stamina training, which is handy, you get three extra gilded dice to hold on to, and one of you can use in a moment of need. Um, a lot of the rest of these are meant for longer-term play. I really love one last run, but it only makes sense for established characters, right? The next yeah. time that you mm -hmm. fill the track, your circle retires, you're, you get all four options for advancement, but your characters are done at the end of that adventure. Um, one of them is about milestones on the track. Again, we're not going to be meeting that. New abilities during advancement. Um, yeah, Forge and Fire is the most utilitarian, for what it's worth. I'm but nobody that. left behind is a good one too. That's what's uh, okay. Between gets, those two, for a one shot, would be. Yeah. 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 I think that Fortune Fire, for what it's worth, is one of those things that if you guys decide to take that, or nobody left behind, really, uh, make sure that you write it somewhere on a character sheet or make a note of it, or you're liable to forget that you have that as an option. Yeah, I'm good with that. Fortune so, Fire. Forge of Fire? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Alright, Forge of Fire it is. So that will be your circle ability. So the circle of the empty eyes, which will be located uh, eventually, at least in the varnish, are all forged in fire. Very good. Okay. Before we wrap this up, I have uh, one thing to go through, but I want to give you guys an opportunity to, to add anything else you'd like before I get into it. So... Any questions, anything else you want to discuss about your characters, about what we're doing before we end this 0 0.5 session? I'm pretty happy with my stuff. Yeah. Right. I'm confident where we are. Yeah. 
Okay. Well then, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have created a circle. <clears throat> you have investigators uh, who are all now existing within the world of uh, of Hale and of New Fair, more specifically. Um, when we come back next week, we'll be starting in on what will be known as Assignment 667, Dressed to Kill. And it begins like this. A riot of sound radiates from the new Fair World exhibition. Where once these city streets were filled with the screaming of civilians, there is now the laughter of children. The echoing of gunfire has been replaced with the pop, pop, pop of roasting caramel corn. The explosions of enemy bombs are now the crackling of electrified inventions. Even three years after the war, it feels almost incongruous to hear the wild noise of happiness. You carry with you, as all Halen citizens do, the weight of the last great war on this Memorial Day. In celebration of the military implementation of electricity, the incredible power that forced Otherware to withdraw from the region, New Fair hosts an exhibition of advancement every year. Today, the district of Briar Green is a new world, transformed by colorful flags. Each street is lined with a stall of pop-up markets and children scurry among the crowds dressed in their finest. On display, there's row after row of inventions, the likes of which you've never seen. Come see the Electromagnet Elevator. Use radar technology to find your missing sheep, madam. Tired of buttoning your shirt for work every day, sir? Try the amazing zipper and get your morning back. Best of all, the entire district smells of cotton candy and other sweets. When we finally make it through the cacophony into Briarbank College and into its exhibition hall, the world seems to forget the rules by which it operates. Here, the bright sun is dimmed by a dust-filled darkness, and the outside noise is compacted into a weighty hush. The hall is filled with the whispering of industrial giants exchanging vast sums of money. The inventions in these rooms are titanic. The very air smolders with a static buzz. Electric screams silence the speakers with a regular staccato, sending the bravest eyes looking up to the lightning that dances across the ceiling. We wander in silence through the gallery, listening to the daring inventors perched on bespoke stages, evangelizing their work. Well, if you'll stand over here, sir, there, now, don't be afraid. The X-ray machine will only show us your bones, nothing more. But if you will hand me the items in your pocket, sir, yes, yes, thank you. <laughs> I've, I've always wanted a gold watch. There are flyers throughout the hall of a bright, almost iridescent green. And in the dim light, the pages seem to glow. The electric flashes cause them to sparkle almost. We follow them like a trail of breadcrumbs to a massive crowd. High on the stage before us stands a beautiful woman, Vera Montgomery, swirling in a glowing green dress. She is a beam of light incarnate as she parades before a massive sign, a word painted in the same eerie green hue, undark. Over gasps from the crowd, we cannot hear the voice of the man who stands with her, but it's clear he is highlighting the features of the pigment. He gestures around the room as if to say, you need no light, but the one we provide. In our undark, you are the light. The crowd erupts in cheers, pulling the attention of the entire hall. In all of this, it takes a moment, then to hear the model's screams. But her cries grow louder 
and more piercing over the enthusiasm of the onlookers and the crash of electricity. All at once, a hush blankets the hall. Gaping red sores open across the woman's skin, crawling from beneath the undark dress in deep fissures of pain. The model stops screaming, holding her hand up before the crowd, and within her hand her bones glow green, the terrible mirroring of the x-rays on display only a few feet away. As we watch the bones within each finger fall, disconnected toward her wrist until her flesh hangs like a glove. The cascade of disconnecting bone runs down her arm, then her spine, then her legs, until what was once a beautiful woman is a pooling mass of writhing flesh. In the end, there is nothing but a pile of red viscera and the most beautiful green dress the world has ever seen. Looming above the body like a promise, a glowing sign reads, Undark. And that's where we'll cut it off. Extreme radium. Oh my gosh. You're right. Ladies and gentlemen, next week we return with episode one of PZ85 Plays Candela Obscura for this month of Halloween. But we've got so much other spooky stuff going on. Shannon, tell them all about it. What? Um, <laughs> hey, them off. Tomorrow we're going we're gonna to do Ghostbusters on Extras and Epilogues. Yes. We're inviting, yeah, we're bringing uh, Cody Sandusky uh, in. He's uh, finally going to see the finally movie. Finally, watching the film for the first time, and he'll get the jokes. <laughs> I bet he can't wait for all of those jokes tomorrow. I'm certain he cannot. <laughs> um, and then on Thursday, we have our first episode of either Terrifying Tanner Thursday or Are You Afraid of PZ85 After Dark? It really depends on Tanner's schedule and his mouth. Uh, either way, Lindsay, I don't need <laughs> you to. Good. Don't need you to do a top five. I know, I get five. October off. I'm yeah. so excited. This is my time. <laughs> I'm planning things. Tanner and I plan things. On Friday, That's we'll, okay. we'll probably do horrors time. Horrors time. <laughs> and if you're if you're wondering what's the difference between horse time and horrors time, probably not the a lot. The cold open is spookier. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's it. We shouldn't the have, bones are their money. We shouldn't have done the ghost house already. We should have saved it. Oh, that's okay. We haven't done the skeletons. It's interesting. Are we going to sing? Uh, is this going to be oh, the first yeah. musical? Oh, okay. Yeah, the first, I'm down. I'm ready. The first We're PC doing 85 it. It's musical. Happening. Oh, I'm for it. <laughs> yeah. Let me... Let me uh, he can talk. He can talk. He can talk. And then... Let me Don't juice forget, this double back cream to, and, uh, we'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> double back to uh, The Howl's Eve Tales is back. Season 2, Tabula yeah. Rasa, Episode 1, went up what was technically early this morning. Or clean uh, But slate. the idea is... Yeah, they'll be up. They'll be up on Mondays. All new original episodes. If you missed last year's season, go back and check it out. Um, it's something we only do this time of year. It's one of my favorite things that we do, uh, and, and it's it's been a blast so far. So go back and check it out. Tanner created our first episode. I wrote the screenplay for it. Um, we've got new episodes in the future coming from Shannon, from Lindsay, from me, um, maybe from some special guests. Yeah, Shannon's got one up next for yeah. us. Um, Howl's Eve Tale Season 2, Episode 1, Under the Big Top. It's up right now at podzilla1985.com. Yeah, and that says it all, folks. <laughs> and it's so late, so we're going to wrap it up there. Candela Obscura hey, and the Circle. Hey, of the empty eyes. You we'll want to yes. know what horror films I've watched so far in October? You got a list? I do, and I'll reveal it Thursday on an all-new yes. Terrifying Tanner oh, Thursday. Yes. <laughs> 
All right, that's Keep it, ladies and gentlemen. Until next Tuesday, until next week when we come back to Candela Obscura and the Circle of the Empty Eyes for Shannon, for Lindsay, for Tanner, for Stephen, for Ethan, and for myself. Stay out of the dark, and especially stay out of the undark. We'll see you then. <laughs>